How the hell is uh, Oregon? You know, um, in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> of course, yeah. Weirdly enough. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we still have to go up there someday. Yeah, it's nice up here. Um, uh, I, I think you guys would have fun. It's, I don't know if you know anything about Portland, really, but uh, it's one of the nerdiest cities in the country. We've never been there. We just know of like bits and pieces from you and Portlandia. That's yeah. I mean, that is our formal education I, I, so far. Like, Portlandia is absolutely like very much uh, both <laughs> accurate and like way, 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 way overblown. <laughs> like, um, it's just that the city is small, so everything is sort of magnified in terms of like the things that happen here are are so much more percentage of the population. It seems like it's that much more. Yeah. Except when, for Mr. Mayor, right? He's one hundred percent real and magical. And <laughs> yeah, played by um, uh, Al Atreides. <laughs> yeah. Um, the spice must flow. Um, <laughs> you have never actually watched that version I mean the only one I've seen is the you know what the really fucked up thing about that that movie is it's not bad it's it just came out like 15 years too early yeah um, I mean it's it's better than Return of the Jedi like he said unironically um, I well, and more the reason I mentioned that is because David Lynch was originally George Lucas's first pick to direct Return right, of the I Jedi, guess. and he started pre-production on it, and um, the Emperor's, like, throne from Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. that was taken from concept art that was made by David Lynch himself. Oh, shit. I love how they've been doing that a lot lately, especially. Uh, they've, uh, I saw... A uh, thing online that was uh, concept art from '78, I believe it was '78 or '79, that was to be used for um, a scene in Empire, and never ended up happening. It never was in the final script, so they it eventually became the ice spider monster in Mando. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, they also used it in. Um... It was the cover of a Jedi Academy book. <laughs> they used that that like ice spider on the cover of a Jedi Jedi Academy book back in like 1998 or something like that. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah. Uh, right, well, well, I already hit record, so technically this is the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to get more formal about it or? Oh God! Did you, 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 you have a <laughs> <to our> show. <laughs> just, just curious. Just curious. Uh, I like um, to vaguely say, "Hey guys, this is uh, it's Saturday night, and uh, this is getting off topic podcast." <laughs> this is Tony. This is Todd. This is Meg. <laughs> and this is Byron. Yes, we're so see, we're so formal. We have our own guests just introduce themselves because we don't. <laughs> Woohoo! We don't give any fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Formality is for uh, for the dregs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really wanted to get uh, my buddy Byron on here. Um, we've known each other since high school. Jesus 
Christ. Like maybe my last year of high school, I think. Was when um, I think so, yeah. I was hanging out with that group that... I think I technically know Byron longer than I've, you. Yeah, I've known Meg longer than you. Probably, yeah. Meg was, Meg was that elusive uh, person who was like nomadic amongst all of the different friend tribes, even cross schools. So she didn't actually go to East Lake High, but everybody swore to God that she did. And like, we uh, went to the same church for a short period of time. What's the what's that effect like where everybody remembers things wrong, like the Berenstain Bears and all that? The, oh, um, the uh, that one, whatever. <laughs> uh, everybody has that with Meg because they just inject her into every house party and. I was going to say the Kuleshov effect, but that's two um, separate images giving context to each other in motion pictures. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that I was always friends of friends of people that went to, you know, the, the high schools in town, because I didn't go to the high school in town. Mm. And therefore, nobody really knows exactly how they know me, but they know <laughs> me. So they just assumed I went to the same schools as they did. So they fabricated all of these memories of me that <clears throat> may or may not be true based on that, because I went to all of the social things. I went to all of the house parties. I went to all of the, you know, hangouts and stuff, so. So, so with fabricated memories, what's your incept date? <laughs> My what? It's too bad she won't live, but then again, who does? It's Blade Runner. Um, I'm not as familiar with Blade Runner to get that. <laughs> I was thinking that, so it's been a long time, but I feel like that was like, a Romy and Michelle's high school reunion character, like the person who is sort of there, but not there. Or maybe that was just Janine Garofalo, just being Janine Garofalo, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we get any further, I'm gonna grab a beer, one sec. I am uh, currently drinking, drinking Rogue Dreamland American Lager. That sounds appropriate. What are you drinking, Todd? I'm drinking water, also known as Michelob Ultra. Oh. <laughs> I am drinking actual H2O water, so, you know. I had some sake earlier. Ooh. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's, uh, my sister and I went to Uwajimiya, um a couple days ago, which is the Asian market near our house. And um, we got, there's this really nice um, brand of Oregon sake, I know. So that's a thing. Um, uh, it's called Mirai Family, and it's uh, this great sake brand I found a few years ago, and um, it's my go-to for sake. Nice. Oh, Todd, that reminds me. After uh, last, the last time we recorded, and I was uh, saying it, we're, we're of course talking about Mando because that's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the name that I mentioned for my chat group about the show with all my author buddies, uh, a fistful of Beskar. <laughs> Out of sheer, just random curiosity, I Google searched and there is in fact a Mandalorian IPA called a fistful of Beskar. What? Nice. But I wanted to get it so we could have it on the show. Unfortunately, it's like a local brew. It's only available around like Washington state. But, well, yeah. you know what I live about 20 minutes from. There you go. You, you better yeah. you better go get some. Yeah. 
So anyway, I was originally, I had this master plan of catching up and thanks to you, Byron, and your, uh, your Amazon Prime login. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I finally, because I just like, I knew for the life of me, like, I know I'm going to love the shit out of all the new Star Trek stuff, Discovery, Picard, especially, and Lower Decks and all that. But I refused, I adamantly refused to get sucked into paying for another streaming service because I already have too many. See, and, and, and this, is, this is sort of what we have to, we have to do now is uh, no one wants to pay for all these streaming services. So what we do is you find a, a crossover about, of about 10 people and y'all, sh- y'all subscribe to one or two and then you share them. That's yeah. how this works. Yeah, there's a meme. This is the, this is the new socialism. Yeah, yeah, it's collectivism right now, right in action. Yeah. Uh, streaming socialism. There, 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 EOC seeing... is, uh, you know, pining. Yeah, I I remember seeing a meme like years ago, and it still applies today. It's like the the screen for your net. Once you get into Netflix, like the different user profiles, and the first one is you. Second one is like your mom or sister or somebody. Third one, like, is the the other person, like the friend of a friend who, who got loaned the password and the fourth person has no idea who the rest of the people are. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I wanted to get you on because you are my go-to man for, well, well you and Todd actually for all things Trek. And I was finally able to get in there. I, I am not caught up on discovery. Unfortunately, I'm only just getting towards the end of the first season. It's wonderful. It's, uh, I mean, this, the season, Discovery season one, I actually liked a lot more than most people. I uh, heard so much, yeah. So Discovery much season two it. started really well. I'm, it didn't end as well. Um, and but Discovery season three has really, uh, I think, when nobody grew the beard this season, but um, it it definitely it they grew the beard in in. Uh, functionally well the admiral um, has a uh, a perfectly good beard that, nope. that is no true. no facial hair that's, spoilers that's Nothing. all i'll say that's all i'll say well I, uh tony you, you missed it though because uh and you'll have to get caught up soon because because last night's episode was uh a significant one in terms of uh a you bunch said, of stuff happening you but said you'll, some, you'll get there eventually yeah you said there was some big twist or something um i mean not the, really what? a twist it was just i mean <clears throat> discovery sort of wields the fan hammer in the same way that uh mandalorian does mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of fan service here there's it. a lot a lot a lot of fan service um i personally think mandalorian wields it a little bit better than discovery does but uh it, it's nice to know that the people running the shows are are well versed enough to be able to pull out the fan service and not have it feel too forced. Yeah, I agree. Pull out and not have it forced. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she uh, said. <laughs> um, the one thing that the one uh, headline that I randomly saw in the last couple weeks or months, so, apparently there was a recent episode in season three of Discovery where they paid a nice little tribute to uh, Anton Yelton. Uh, because apparently there was a ship named after him. In- yeah, yeah. Th- so there was this moment in um, Discovery. Uh, or is this a spoiler podcast? Kind of. Do we? 
Uh, well, Tony hasn't seen it. So well, I haven't seen it. Well, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything too much in general. That's but, fine. Yeah. Um, there's just a moment where you see a bunch of Federation ships, and there's quite a few nods to various, not in the, in the same episode necessarily, but there's quite a few. They're just like, and and here's a reference, and here's a reference, and here's a reference, and here's a reference. So yeah, and Anton Yelchin was one, and then um, they also got Nog in there. And then uh, Voyager also had a yep. shit, and like then the Voyager, Voyager J or something J. Like that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, uh, I adored Lower Decks. Yeah, uh, Lower Decks because, was incredible. Because in animation, you can get away with that. Oh, absolutely. And well, and also just... in animation, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel as weird. It doesn't feel as awkward uh, as, as some of the... I mean, I, I personally think Picard was a little bit uh, iffier on its fan service. Um, but with Lower Decks, you don't have to worry about that because the nature of the medium sort of uh, brings your expectations in terms of reality down. I mean, if you can get a character like Badgie, uh, I think you oh really can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Badgie is like the greatest, that, that is the most fucking hilarious thing I've seen. In so they, 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 they've already made um, these Badgie uh, um vinyl pins or not vinyl um you know what are they made out of pewter die cast ceramic. whatever ceramic you can already get the the badgy pins and i am absolutely getting one of those <laughs> that was that was probably one of the most most brilliant inventions the, the character badgy that oh my god i was and just uh i mean and jack mcbrayer's performance yeah he's the second greatest uh holodeck villain that we've ever had second great <laughs> Are you, we had you Sherlock say, Holmes. We had Sherlock Holmes. If you say what, you mean Moriarty. Moriarty, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and Lord Dex is Lord Dex is. I think it's um, it's sort of the thing that a lot of Star Trek fandom has sort of been building to for a long time, mm. uh, where Trekkies have notoriously been hyper serious about the franchise mm -hmm. at least in the popular uh like i but at conventions and stuff anything goes and and it's not quite such a stick up your ass type of situation as uh is, is seen from the outside and so for a long time especially in the last like 10 or 15 years i was noticing a lot of people trying to push back and and actually being influenced by the star wars fandom we had stuff like uh, the, the the official Star Wars fan films that they would show at Celebration, yeah, and that were that were um, literally like promoted by Lucas back in the day, and uh, I think that sort of carried over to Star Trek fandom eventually, uh, to the point where like, hey, w let's let's stop taking ourselves so seriously, and let's make oh, some fun the, of this, you know. Even the actors were were into the fan films and the less than serious kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, the, I mean, fan Star Trek pretty much invented the fan film. I I, mm -hmm. I I used to I used to do this Star Trek blog called Trek is not a dirty word. Way 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 back in the before times. And um, <laughs> the before, uh, and I did this this six part series on Star Trek fan films and series, and there are 
way, 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 way more Star Trek fan films than you could ever imagine. I mean, the first one was in like 1970. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, they, they've been so like, there, there are more episodes, there, there are some Star Trek fan films and series that have more episodes than actual Star Trek television shows. <laughs> Yeah, I. It's honestly my. I mean, everybody. You can't get you know, Star Trek nerds or Star Wars nerds, let alone in any fandom, to agree on everything at once. But for my oh, yeah. my personal taste, that I think the animated format. It's my bread and butter is when you are able to tell like amazing stories with these you know crazy sci-fi adventure shows, and at the same time throw a pie once in a while like and somehow get away with it like you can still be grounded and serious i mean as serious as a wacky sci-fi well i i I think we also have 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 to be really really lucky that um lower decks didn't turn into that failed star wars animated show that they made 39 episodes of and put in the can before anybody got to see them because they were so fucking bad. <laughs> Do you guys remember this? I don't remember that. I remember hearing about... So in 2012, the creators behind Robot Chicken produced 39 episodes of an unaired Star Wars animated television show produced by George Lucas. In 2013, wow. or in 2012, late 2013, or early 2013, when Disney bought uh, Star Wars, it was disappeared forever, <laughs> and they erased all existence of it from the internet. There were trailers of this show. You could go, I mean, you can find the trailer on YouTube, um, and it was produced by Seth Green, um, and I remember the first time I saw the trailer, and remember that era where... Uh, they were making those Family Guy um, Star Wars like m- made f- for yeah. TV movies. Yeah, the Family Guy trilogy. It was this like short period of time where like Star Wars was like making fun of itself, but like it it was cringy the whole time they were doing it. You know, hmm. back this when sh- cringe cringe TV was like the yeah, new absolutely. Thing. So they made an entire t- official Star Wars television show squarely on this idea. And the first time I saw the trailer, it, it looked nightmarish at best. <laughs> it, looked, it looked like somebody got really, really, really stoned and hired all of their friends to write scripts and then made the whole thing. And then after the fact went, wait, is this any good? What was the timeline supposed to be on it? Like, when was it taking place? Whenever. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the trailer right now. Yeah, and it there's... was. It was. It was whenever. I mean, it was sort of in the in the vein of Robot Chicken in that it was just vignettes, you know, 15 minute episode type of situation. I don't oh, know yeah. if that's true, actually. I mean, it wouldn't be longer than 22. But um, God, this looks horrible. It looked <laughs> absolutely horrendous. And so we are oh. really, really, really lucky that Mike McMahon the producer and creator of Lower Decks uh, is as good of a a comedian and storyteller as he is. Uh, 
Um, he, um, it, they're completely different animation houses, to my surprise. But the animation of Lower Decks is incredibly it's surprisingly good. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's incredible. It's also it, incredibly similar to another show that I absolutely fucking love, uh, Final Space. Which I don't know if you're you know, I, I never watched Final Space. Um, oh, Byron, you'd love it. They, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I have a little bit of, an, of a weird thing about comedic takes on space operas because mm -hmm. there have been a lot to try and so few of them are actually good. Oh, this one is so good. That I'm very, very, very hesitant to sort of broach. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I recommend giving it a shot. I, I don't know where the fuck, if it's streaming anywhere. Um, but it's... Uh, it's the comedy and like the pacing and everything is very, very similar to Lower Decks. I would say Final Space though, they're telling a much larger, grander story. So there's a lot more drama, like where uh, Lower Decks, like crazy, insane, wacky shit happens. And they do have some, some poignant touching moments, but for the most part, by the end of the half hour, everything's got that hunky dory, um, you know, the adventure of the week has been solved, and that that back well, to the it, status quo. Very, the very Star Trek shine of hey guys, well, it's Star yeah, Trek I and mean, the Federation. Everything's gonna I mean, be a okay. That was Where, that was but, that was absolutely that was Star Trek until DS Nine. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I was just saying they're they're very very similar cartoons, except for I think the the take on the tone on Final Space. There's still comedy on the surface level, but some more heavy long-lasting shit goes down if that well happens. i mean we have to be a little bit honest with ourselves like lower decks is uh it's still like rubber stamped by cbs so like there's right. only so much they can get away with yeah. um like there's not going to be any burning of any sacrificial cows uh <laughs> on on um on lower decks just because you know you can't piss off uh riker you know you can't you can't you can't make jokes at at Frake's ex expense because he's literally on the show. You know, he'll he'll um, be the first one to make jokes at his own. That's true. Expense. That that is a good yeah. point. I, I, I will say I was actually surprised that they were capable of of going as far as they did in some eras areas. Um, but the the reveal at the end of season one, Lower Decks, uh, was incredible, yeah. and uh where they're going for season two you know it, it seems like we're gonna get more of Sirtis and Frakes than uh than I ever thought we would which yeah. is incredible not on not only on there but also on Picard oh yeah I I personally I mean I I loved Picard I think some people were kind of split on it like how it didn't feel I mean, like their classic track I personally adored every minute of it but most of all I want to hang out with, uh, on whatever planet they were at. I want to hang out at oh, yeah, Micro's eating... cabin and eat at his <laughs> cabin wood fire pizzeria. Well, you saw that they made like mock up t shirts for like uh, Riker's artisan pizza and stuff oh, like that. Great. Yeah, it's incredible. Awesome. Um, you know, Picard is uh, one of those situations where. Oh. Um... It didn't turn out the way I think everybody anticipated it would. Uh, 
the the sliding on the socks moment was the moment where I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, right. That uh, you're sliding on your socks in a Borg cube. That was, that was a little wait. <laughs> that was a little cute. I remember that. That was a little. Cute. Nobody on set looked at each other and went, "What the fuck are we doing?" That that felt um, the closest to uh, you know episode two. Uh, you know, a bit of a Annie and uh, Padme frolicking. Yes, you know, yes, on the absolutely. Hillside, it had it had very much like prequel prequel vibes going on. You know. Yeah. I, other than so that, I, wow, was, I must have blocked that out. I was at I was at the I was at the convention in Vegas uh, when they announced Picard in 2018 uh, when when Patrick Stewart came out on stage and announced and Patrick Stewart hasn't hasn't been at a lot of conventions in the last ten years. It, it was also my first Star Trek Las Vegas convention, and that moment was I mean I've never experienced anything like that ever in my entire life. It was. It was as if Jesus himself had walked out <laughs> on stage. It was that is your absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But it was incredible at the same time. And so I, I think a lot of, you know, fandom is, it's really, really, really easy to get caught up in the hype. And uh, I really, 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 really wanted to love Picard. I did not love it. It's fine. It's fine. But it's also one of those things where Star Trek is so many things to so many different people in yeah. so many different formats and iterations. And mm -hmm. every single era of Star Trek shits on the next era of Star Trek. <laughs> um, and so, but I've always been mm, a fan that sort of grew up with all of it and appreciates all of it. Voyager is my least favorite show, but I've also seen the entire series seven times. So um, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where, you know, Picard wasn't what I wanted it to be in season one. But as we know, you know, he's still got time to grow a beard. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> I do love that they have embraced uh, merging all the timelines together. Yeah, definitely. They've done I, that pretty amazingly so now. I mean, Star Trek was doing the MCU in the 90s. You know, yeah. the the Star Trek cinematic universe has existed in in I mean, shit, not even the 90s. They were doing it in the 80s. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it, it, there's a reason why the warp core in in uh, Star Trek 5 looks like the set for Next Generation. Um <laughs> uh and it, it was a it was a really dark period for about ten years. Uh, well, it wasn't even ten years. It was like they announced. When did they announce the? When was the first tra the teaser trailer for Star Trek 09? Wasn't it at Comic Con 2007? Uh, I think so. 09. The 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 one where it's uh, JFK. Yeah. And it's got the welders. That was in like 2007. So yeah, and like, Enterprise went off the air in 2005. Years. So we had two years of uh, without Star Trek, but it, it felt like a lot longer. I mean, it took how long for Star Trek to come back on television? Oh, that um, was like ten years. It was, oh, it was a dark time. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> before the dark times. <laughs> um, uh, 
but to be to be real though a, a lot of people it, it was a little bit of dark times there, there there were a lot of great books that came out there were a lot of great comics by idw that were published mm-hmm. um uh but star trek really does best on television a lot of people may not like alex kurtzman but alex kurtzman has managed to make star trek more successful uh than it almost ever has been ever yeah. uh i mean next gen was the most popular uh syndicated television show of all time but it aired at seven o'clock on sundays you know um now you have discovery on netflix in international territories uh day and date in places that literally never broadcasted star trek ever before so more people are seeing star trek now than have ever seen star trek ever in the entire history of the franchise and so um i am someone who looks at the long-term health of the franchise Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know i'm just happy to see new star trek being made and if if this show isn't for me, then maybe the next one will be. I'm I'm really 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 stoked about Strange New Worlds. I think a uh, a retro sci-fi 1960s like reboot is exactly what the franchise is needed for. You know, it's probably on television specifically. It's probably, I mean, uh, JMS tried to do that uh, Star Trek reboot in. 2004 he pitched pretty much the exact same thing um but then I they think right up... now is a really good time to pitch a retro like show i don't know i feel like it would do really well in today's tv service well, everybody's pe- loving the 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 callbacks and the retro mm-hmm. stuff and and anything that looks back on a feel-good time everyone's nostalgic people forget that that the original star trek was released at one of the most um fraught moments in american history it started in 1966 and ended in 1969 one of the most tumultuous periods in american history Mm -hmm. and that bright futuristic message was looked on with a lot of skepticism for people at the time and i mean look around (laughs) (laughs) gestures broadly at everything exactly yeah (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of shows and spinoff shows and spinoffs of spinoffs, et cetera, et cetera, we have an insane amount of news oh, that came out. My God, in the last I know. fucking two weeks. Well, you 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 asked you asked me to be on the podcast like two days before they made this huge drop of like uh, just <laughs> yeah, all was, of the news ever. Uh, well, let me yeah. Basically, I was like, hey, let's let's uh, yeah, I'm finally gonna catch up on Star Trek. Let's bring Byron on and talk about all Trek stuff. I'll be ready. And then Disney dropped its big Disney dick on the world. <laughs> and since they own the world now, we're talking Disney, its own movies uh, and shows, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, even some Fox in there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Let's start with the, the shortest list. We've had we have an alien TV show coming. Yeah, there there were cool there were a few uh, random cool things that popped out as far as like the which which you know what 
amazing. I, I, you know, Noah Hawley has been trying to make this Alien TV show or uh, the He's Alien spinoff movie too since like 2014. Hmm. Um, and wait, is it Noah Hawley or is it uh, yeah, it's Noah Neil Hawley. Blomkamp? No, Noah Hawley. Okay, so I'm actually conflating the two things. Blumkamp tried to make he tried uh, to make the the Alien Aliens Pie. reboot. Right. Yeah. He tried to he tried to do what um what the new Terminator movie did and even the new uh, Halloween movie where they just kind of say, scrap all those crappy sequels. Let's uh get back to let's see a direct sequel from it was it was gonna be a direct sequel to Aliens. So uh, basically pretend alien three never happened we're seeing grown-up newt we're seeing hicks um so and... like an alien tv show is so brilliant because uh, and noah holly is is a, an incredible creator like this guy uh i mean legion was amazing fargo's fantastic um he I, I heard him talk about what the alien show would most likely be and he's saying that it's it's about the working class uh space joes and i'm just like space truckers (laughs) thank fucking god you know like this is exactly the type of thing where that was such a part of the original franchise and it was very much lost in everything post aliens um but it's such so core to the experience of alien and it's something that alien isolation got very 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 well the the game I was looking at my mile-long Steam list literally yesterday and seeing that again going, fuck, I got to play that. Even if you don't finish it, just pick it up, play it for a couple hours. It's a beautiful game. Uh, It'll just, it'll suck you in. And even if you don't finish it, you'll, you'll get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I believe he's uh, released a little tidbit saying this is the first time they're going to bring the Xenomorphs to Earth. That I care less about, um, but you know, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was the original pitch for Alien Three, and I think we've it we've sort of wanted you know that for a long time. We didn't get the wooden planet either, so maybe we'll get the wooden planet someday too. Wooden planet? Uh, yeah, it was it was one of the scrapped ideas for Alien Three in the original pitch. It was that it was going to be this whole um, sort of not ne- not even steampunk. Um, but sort of, uh, they wanted to go like, what if they didn't have technology? And then they just made them prisoners instead. Oh, um, yeah. What if they didn't have smart guns? <laughs> uh, here's a, uh, well, um, uh, original piece of content that I know you're a huge fan of that you turned me on to Byron way back in the day. Uh, why the last man? Oh man. They've been trying to Ooh, make a show yikes. out of that for yeah like half-life three confirmed remember when shia shia was supposed to star in it yeah oh r.i.p shia's career so this Um, kind of flew under the radar with all the bigger you know franchise mcu star wars news but since uh disney now owns a piece of fox and fx uh, fx released uh just uh the the title art basically for why the last man saying hey guys we're still working on it i mean i i really 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 hope they um uh i hope it's good <laughs> um brian k vaughn uh he's he's had a lot of success with saga and um why the last man is one of those things where 
it never really got the love that other similar like Walking Dead did. Yeah. Um, despite the fact it's been in development hell longer than Walking Dead even was. Oh man, I um, love Why the Last Man. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm a little nervous because they they fired the entire creative team uh, about a year ago. Jeez. Oh, uh, despite the fact that the that they were about to start production on the pilot. Um, so that's never a good sign. And they ended up having to recast almost the entire cast uh, because of scheduling conflicts. Because when you wait a year to produce something, people's yeah. people schedules get, get messed up. People got to eat. <laughs> um, and also, Why the Last Man is very much of a different era at this point. Um, yeah. in terms of, uh, it's, it's a story about a planet full of women written by a man. <laughs> um, and so, uh, the good thing is, is that I've heard that the production staff is primarily women. Um, good. and the showrunner is a woman. So that makes me feel better about it because I, I reread the first couple trades a couple years ago oh wow it was years ago at this point and they were uh a little bit cringier than i remembered them being uh, a little rough yeah like um definitely uh written by a man <laughs> definitely written by a man yeah, um but you know yorick is for it, me. <laughs> the main character is a man so it, it, it's from his perspective yeah but, <laughs> make it that what you will I, I think I think they are going in a good direction because it seems like they they took that into account themselves. So yeah, they can always build on it creatively with twenty twenty eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I, a lot of this there's there's a lot of stuff in there that I think still has value, um, especially if it's being interpreted by women. Mm. Um, and and there are a lot of women who are a fan of the subject matter. So like, or, or the um, franchise. So. If they say it, like they pick it and they go, you know, we want to make a this ours, I say, all power to them. Yeah. By yeah. the way, just a side note, Todd, are you wearing a snuggie? I am. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't seen one of those in years. Yeah, embracing the work at home life. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So what's next on the list? What, oh, else, God. what else did um, Disney pull out of their Well, another one ears. for FX, if you, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> pull out of their assorted holes. If, uh, if you're a It's Always Sunny fan. I, I am, yeah. I, I don't think I've even watched it since the first few seasons have been so long. I, I've but. literally watched it. I've watched every season as it aired. It, it's one of those. the very first season. Wow. It's one of those that. It passed me up like I got distracted by other stuff or didn't have time or access to watch it. And then all of a sudden I blinked and there were 175 seasons. <laughs> uh, but that's part of the news, actually. And now it is the longest running live action live action, of all time. Live action comedy of all time. Yeah, yeah it will now run for at least 18 seasons. No. They were renewed for... <laughs> wow. Rob McElhenney is really like, he is rolling in that cash. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. I do enjoy the show. It's just not one that I seek out to watch, but if it 
happens to be on TV and I'm on that channel, I'll definitely sit and watch the episode. I sort of feel like it's it's sort of like South Park at this point. It's yeah. uh, it's it, always on somewhere. <laughs> it's it's on somewhere and it's consistently good. Mm-hmm. And if they can somehow keep the show relevant, yeah. keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Have you watched any of uh, AP Bio? Um, not really. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I watched the pilot. It didn't really grab me, but I've heard it's gotten better, so I'll probably revisit it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, and they just got renewed for a season four as well. They're doing shorter... They're on Peacock now, and they're doing shorter seasons. It's only like eight episodes, so it kind of flies by. Whew, streaming services. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, Jesus. On to the Disney, because they own us forever. Uh, <laughs> they... they the new rule is they're no longer called movies. They're just Disney's. <laughs> just a Disney, yeah. It's like the synonymous, like when something beca- a product, a brand name becomes so synonymous with the actual product, like Kleenex. It's actually a tissue, Band-Aids. but it's Kleenex. <laughs> um, so let's just take one corner, one universe at a time. Marvel. Oh. Uh, Marvel is being interconnected more so than ever. They tried in the beginning you know with the oh we're gonna branch out and we're gonna bring back colson for agents of shield but are the shows gonna be connected with the movies well scheduling conflicts whatever and then they just kind of that was really frustrating because their 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 early their early attempts to cross the streams worked really well i mean the the agents of shield crossover with uh um with winter soldier wasn't was amazing it was so good i remember coming home uh, from watching Winter Soldier, or was it the next week, or was it released the day after? It was literally the day after. It was the it day was- after, and then watching that, and watching that uh, Agents of Shield episode, and just having like mind blow, blown like. So all of the all of the failings of the early connected universe can still be traced back to one absolute fucker of a man, that Ike Perlmutter douchebag. Oh fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he is the entire reason the connected universe with that show failed, because at that time is when he was feuding with uh, Kevin Feige, yeah. and uh, that's when uh, that's that's the reason why Agents of Shield sort of went off, and they're on a different timeline. Well, that Trump loving piece of shit can go fuck himself. <laughs> exactly. Fuck him. Um, so, so now we've got the. Uh, Disney going full force with with Disney Plus, so a lot of uh, just name them all, just just read them all off. Okay, okay. all the Marvel, so all we've the Marvel got stuff. WandaVision on Disney Plus, which is going to be stoked, super stoked. Coming. Yeah, very next thing coming. We've seen the trailers, awesome, wonderful. Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally also, got also super trailer. stoked, ultra stoked, super stoked. Uh, first look at Loki. Did you catch that? I did. Yeah. Uh, I like that Owen Wilson's in it. That's cool. Oh yeah, Owen I am Wilson. pretty skeptical in general of what they're doing, but sure, it looked good. Yeah, it's hard to see where they're going on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, Hawkeye as well is going to be uh, premiering in late fall next year. Like Haley Stanfield, um, mm, not so much on Hawkeye, but whatever. We'll see. I mean, I, I, think- I mean the the comic that it's based on is amazing, but uh, specifically the the run that they're basing it on. Um, but I, I just don't like Jeremy Renner. It's cool. That's fine. Uh, what if animated series? Uh, with super stoked. That's super, super, super ultra stoked for what if. 
Yeah. Uh, so, Todd, I, I, I'm getting a vibe here that what if may have been your uh, may have been your uh, first Marvel experience? No, or close no. to it? No, no. I I, I have probably X Men and Spider Man comics were my first experience with Marvel, but so I, was I like, did pick up a lot of '90s What If books. Yeah. So like I I, I randomly got gifted like 10 long boxes of comics from a, a, a church friend when I was like eight years old and he had the entire run of 1970s what if nice or, or in the 70s 80s what if and so my first experience with most Marvel comics wasn't the actual storylines <laughs> but the alternate storylines <laughs> like uh what if uh Cap had been um awakened uh as a Nazi the, uh, it, well, what if what if Cap had been awakened in Vietnam or something like oh, that? Oh, the Vietnam one. I think I read yeah. that one. And it's messed up. <laughs> it's did it's, he cross over with Punisher on that one? Uh, yeah. So it was around the same time as Secret Empire, and it was it was written during that era where uh, all of the all of the Marvel comics were written by like village voice reading New York liberals. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. That's, that's my story. That's it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name now. Um, actress for Peggy Carter return. As, yeah. That's, that's rad. Yeah. For her, uh, basically if she got the super soldier serum, so she's, uh, see Todd, I can't there. think of her name either. Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Thank you. You literally have the internet right. Who's in front dating of you. Tom Cruise? <laughs> uh, also, I, I think I read today that apparently it, it was announced that Chadwick Boseman was able to complete his voice recordings for uh, T'Challa in for the episode of What for, If. For What If, yeah. That's cool. That'll be nice. Uh, what else? More series coming to Disney Plus? Ironheart. Riri, yeah, Riri. I'm stoked for that. Williams, uh, yeah, Armor Wars. So uh, that is cool. That's actually that's one of the I had. That's one of the the storylines that I had. I got gifted. Uh, I just uh, had was the entire Armor Wars storyline from the 1980s. That's gonna be badass, and it'll be awesome to see John Don Cheadle be able to uh, headline his own uh, Marvel show, the Roadie. I wonder if they're gonna. Um, I wonder if they're gonna play up his um disabled uh nature they have to that's i mean right that's right like now that's how you i mean because disney is all about inclusivity at this point Mm -hmm. um it makes sense to me yeah for sure uh secret invasion with nick that's the one that i'm i am very stoked for that yeah that's the one i'm looking forward to the most i liked Captain Marvel a lot more than most people did. I really enjoyed did that I. one. And Captain uh, Marvel was great. I, I mean, it made <laughs> 1.2 billion dollars at the box office. Yeah, it, um, it did insane, and it, it and it brought a lot of great characters and uh, showcased Samuel Jackson. Photon, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ben Mendelsohn's uh, Talos will be back yes. with Sam. You, Jackson. you know, I. I the one thing for Secret Invasion that if they have the if they have the 
the the gall to pull this off is bringing back the that that splash page in Secret Invasion where they bring back all the heroes as as scrolls in their 1980s costumes that don't realize they're scrolls. <laughs> that moment in Secret Invasion is like one of the most perfect moments in comics and it's why comics are comics. It's just so absurd, but and and they're fighting the new heroes in the new costumes and it's just like this is bonkers yeah uh Hope they do it yep uh even more series we got uh uh well she hulk was already announced but they announced a little bit more information tatiana Maz- maslani is confirmed as the lead role she hulk i'm uh, down for that ruffalo will be back as bruce banner slash the do, do you think uh, she hulk's gonna have an ally mcbeal vibe to it <laughs> better he's a damn lawyer <clears throat> i was kind of wondering about that the other day because i've been seeing all the the wonder woman trailers and news coming out and everything if i remember right i don't remember who the actress was in the pilot but the failed wonder woman pilot from years ago oh god adrian Palicki. adrian Palicki, yeah and, yeah. and wasn't it, it as... kind of billed as like an Ally McBeal style? Yeah, yeah. She, well, she was a clerk to a justice or something like that. Was because was it was him? produced by Ally McBeal, uh, producer. Oh yeah, what's his fucking name? Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. So it was confirmed. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is in the lead role. Ruffalo is going to be back, and uh, Tim Roth as the Abomination. As Abomination. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Just put Tim Roth that. in everything. That's fine by me. Yeah. You know they they sort of uh they sort of uh, they never really came back to the whole uh Hulk was created by the super soldier serum thing. Uh-huh. I like the by the them trying to recreate the super soldier serum. I I feel like that was in the comics that was like a huge deal and in the movies they sort of was just like, "Oh, yeah. It was a thing that happened." Yeah. Um and uh it was Confirm that the new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, will appear in Captain Marvel too. She'll be a part of that. So that's cool. There just shows how much they're interweaving the features with the with the shows. You know, and I, I, I think they're probably going to find some way to bring in um, uh, the original Captain Marvel, female Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. um, uh, who was in Next Wave, Agents of Hate. Uh, it is oh god she's in the first one um anyways hmm. um guardians of the galaxy confirmed we're getting holiday a special guardians of the galaxy holiday special <laughs> where hopefully they'll be celebrating life day yeah <laughs> life day hopefully oh, they need man. to get Groot back to his home world for they're life not gonna day. be able to get b arthur though oh my god <laughs> amazing i'm actually surprised they haven't done a holiday special before now uh, this is, it's gonna be gonna be fantastic it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be great uh so that's coming 2022 and that will be um of course directed by james gunn and filmed back to back with volume three set for release in 2023 and also a bunch of little cutesy shorts with i am groot or called i am groot a bunch of little short films starring little groot um uh, the third Ant-Man film, finally properly announced, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So interesting thing about, uh, so it's being directed by Peyton Reed again, right? Yep. Um, he directed the the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. This season. So that's why the action in the episode was so bland. 
Hey, you shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> you know, okay, so like the Ant-Man movies are are fine. They're fine. They're fun. But they are bland as hell. And Peyton Reed, I mean, he takes good scripts and he normies them up. Okay. Um, they're fine. They're they're good. Uh, I'll watch it. I, I'm excited for Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, I was going to say, also introduced into the Marvel world, Kang the Conqueror. Which, I mean, I feel like wasting Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man, they've got to be setting him up for, like, uh, some sort of huge reveal down the road, right? Like, I, I really, 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 really hope they do a, it's Tony's consciousness from the future type of situation. Because hmm. that's pretty much what it is in the comics, is that Kang the Conqueror is Tony Stark from the year like three bajillion. <laughs> I was not even aware. I, I, I yeah. haven't read it, it. It was in the 90s uh, Avengers run. They fight Kang the Conqueror and it ends up being Tony Stark. All right. All right. Uh, I think that was pretty much it for Marvel. Um, there's more talk about how Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness will tie in both with upcoming WandaVision and the third Spider-Man film. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, is going to be in in Spider-Man Three, and I'm not sure if it's still just rumors or confirmed. But there's shit flying everywhere about, oh yeah, they're going to bring in all the Spider-Men. Like basically, they're going to do a live-action spider So it see it seems. I mean, I think it's been pretty much confirmed at this point uh, yeah. that the third Spider-Man movie is going to be. Um, multiversal in some way yeah i think every every property coming up over the next two years is going to be a multiverse slash spiritual yeah because they're like flat like with dc is doing flashpoint and they're bringing in michael keaton so like it's weird that this is happening at the same time because they i mean as we know dc and marvel they're constantly stealing from each other um it kind of feels like when uh like a uh a hit western movie comes out from one studio and then the next three years just nothing but western yeah or like six months later a very similar cowboy movie comes out from this studio <laughs> and you wonder who was shopping that script around and got denied until well, they... it's like it's like or mr like... fantastic and plastic man like yeah. they're ex they're practically the same character but you know if you look at which one was actually created first it's just like 1958 versus 19 like 62 you know like like uh 90s disaster movies anytime one comes out you have asteroid or you have um armageddon then you have deep impact you have volcano then you have dante's peak yeah. well it's like when when dc when they finally make a deathstroke movie people are going to be like oh they're ripping off deadpool and it's like, well, that's the original character. You got the. You that's got, the point. He was Slade Wilson. Yeah, you've got the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp movie, and then the one that mattered, Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, Mr. Fantastic, that was the last bit of Marvel news. Oh. The MCU is finally bringing home the Fantastic Four. Well, they have to if they're if they're doing like multiverse and and cosmic threats and 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 the mystical they've got to bring in the original family of of marvel 
you know, uh, it, it really is interesting to me that, uh, well, that it's taken this long for Marvel to get the rights back. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know that it, it was all a big tangle, but I feel like um, the fact that Marvel let go of the rights in the first place in the late nineties is really ridiculous. Um, well, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah, there were numerous times. So. All their shit. Um, Even the start of the MCU is like a hail mary. I mean, I, I'm really stoked for the Fantastic Four movie. I, I think the I think it's going to be a retro like '60s throwback, right? Like it, it it has to be, right? Like it has to be sort of even if it's not literally taking place in the 1960s, which some elements of it. I have a feeling it actually might actually literally take place in the 1960s um they could kind of retroactively alter the mcu kind of like well, because if you think about it we we really don't know much much about the mcu in the 1960s yeah the the only tidbits we have are from infinity war when they go back and ant-man yeah so realistically yeah uh, the last season of agents of shield the time travel shenanigans but that's an i think that's an alternate universe at this point an alternate timeline all right. And 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 I feel like John Watts, like if you've if you've watched any of um the uh, the short films that he made in the two thousands, um, he's got an aesthetic that is very retro uh, oriented. He's very interested in um, iconography from like mod icon mod iconography from like the nineteen sixties where like. Um, just, just give it to, just have them team up with Brad Bird and let them make the Incredibles three. That's all they need to do because that's <laughs> that is the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm stoked about it. I I, th- I think it'll be good. John Watts is a good director. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, getting into the land of Star Wars. Oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> Almost too much. Uh, I mean, okay, so there's a thing, and it, I mean, I am a huge fanboy. I, I don't claim not to be, but at, at a certain point, geek culture is so far up its own asshole, and the world is falling apart, and geek culture is obsessed with these capitalistic corporate cultures, but it's also a release it's the escape from reality that we need right now yeah. because this world is hard to live in and it gives us some respite. And it, it, it's one of these things where like at one point I feel guilty for spending this much waking adult hours um, thinking about the banal minutia of, of literally made up fictional universes. Um, but at the same time, like, I can't go outside for fear of contracting a, a deadly virus that could kill me. So. Wasn't that basically the basis of that uh, comic series that you were trying to write a ways back where it was essentially the, uh, Oh, what was the name of it? Um, everybody kind of going into the, um, their virtual world or the matrix or whatever. Oh, Cyberbia. Cyberbia. Yeah. Yeah. The the outdoors was uh, an inhospitable place. Yeah, and so everybody. Just, I mean, it was pretty much just like 
fucking Ready Player One, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, also, happens. fuck Ready Player One. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't owe anybody any explanations for. Uh, hey, at least I didn't write fanboys. Your time. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> that movie. Hey, I enjoyed fanboys. I liked fanboys. <laughs> it's just the name drop. I forgot about that film. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point we owned two copies of it and we I don't did. even know how that happened. I think because <laughs> I had a copy and then you had a copy and then when we moved into I like the Seth Rogen cameo. Uh, okay, so uh, before we even get to talking about the Mando episodes, uh, Disney Plus is getting two new Star Wars shows, both spinoffs of The Mandalorian. One, of course, the second Ahsoka hit the screens. They're like, oh yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's... I don't think there was ever any question. I, I, I think, well, I think people sort of maybe thought like, oh, maybe she'll be a regular on the show. And I was like, they're not gonna waste that big of an actress on a couple small cameos, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I would very much enjoy Rosario Dawson in her own Ahsoka spinoff, uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, both of we, these shows, which will basically crossover to uh, culminate in a Mando Infinity War, I believe, as it were. Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch, animated series that we've been waiting for for a while from based off of the Clone Wars. That will be on Disney+. Plus. And Fennec, Fennec Shand, Ming-Na mm-hmm. Wen will be back in The Bad Batch as well. Though, back to back to Rangers of the New Republic real quick. If they don't get Paul Sun-Hyung Lee yes. as, the, as the lead for that show, I'm going to riot. I'm not familiar with the Rangers of the New Republic. Is that based off of a it's new. public property it's, or? No, it's new. It's just complete new. Uh, it's a, IP. it's a new, yeah, like Todd said, it's a new IP. Um, okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure that they're, it's probably going to be Cara Dune, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, hopefully not her, but. You know, if um, she, you know, if she goes back on her previous comments. Not going to happen. She's too strong-willed to do that, but it's likely gonna fa- it's likely going to be a squad of pilots, just like you see showing up randomly throughout the Mandalorian with Filoni and his other cohorts. Space um, Bible. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> just gonna be a bunch of X-wing pilots solving crimes in the uh, in the New Republic, complaining about how they're underpaid and underfunded. What if what they're if too actually, old for this shit? What if it was actually filmed like cops? Like it was <laughs> <laughs> like that X, like that X Files episode. Yeah, X cops. There was a Star <laughs> Reno nine one one. There was a Star Wars uh, fan film that was called Droids. It was filmed just like cops. Was it? <laughs> it was brilliant. Troopers. 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 Yeah, Troops. That was one of the Troops. very first Star Wars fan films. That yeah, that's the one that I was referring to. That like was green was greenlit by Lucas that they showed at. Uh, I don't even think it was Star Star Wars Celebration at that point, but. Uh, oh god oh the ancient times of the internet uh okay uh star wars uh star wars we're still getting our andor series with diego luna you know hey, the like whole do- andor thing like that that feels like it was announced so long ago yeah i know it, i think it was i think they were talking about this after rogue one came out yeah, yeah it was shortly 17? after one came out uh and that's yeah. be coming in 2022 God, but it looks like they're doing it right though like they're going heavy into the costumes and set pieces so yeah they released a little uh behind the scenes reel sort of thing a little so i i sort of like i know that the star wars universe is huge and we have so much material to mine 
but like this is the how many if show about the period of time in between revenge of the sith and the new hope and a new hope like yeah. I, I i appreciate it because it, it it's going to be live action so they're going to take it a little bit more seriously uh in terms of the plotting and stuff but um, i mean realistically we've only had rebels rebels is the only thing that covers rebels and rogue one is the only thing that covers that time period i guess so yeah. I, I feel like it's i, I guess and I, the comics too and the, yeah the comics too I feel like it's something that feels like it's been mined a lot, uh, but in canon, you know, the new canon, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. you know... It, well, the Clone Wars kind of, in the end, butts up right up against that time. It doesn't quite cover true, it, yeah. but it gets right up to the edge. And it, well, I guess Solo is in there, too. Yeah, um, so, actually, yeah. yeah, Solo, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I, I, it, the thing is, though, that's that probably is the time period that is most interesting for dynamic storytelling in terms of, like, uh, so I've been reading Claudia Gray's Leia, Princess of Alderaan, um, and it's phenomenal. It's great. It's one of the best Star Wars novels that I've read, um, and it's all about Leia as a teenager pretty much figuring out that her parents are what is effectively resistance fighters um and there's so much because she's growing up on alderaan and she's a a privileged white girl that has to pretty much contend with the fact that her parents are terrorists um and it's great but it just it just so andor is like one of these things where like it feels like they've done a lot with it already but they actually, they actually haven't. So yeah. I, I'm curious to see what they do. Even in the old, exp even in the old expanded universe, in the old expanded universe, this is one of the time periods that was least covered because George Lucas put this as a uh, off-limits time period. He wanted this to be mystery. He wanted uh, uh, Vader's rise to power and his uh, formative years to be a, a mystery. So this is the period that was sort of off-limits to the expanded universe well not anymore we are going to get Star all of Wars it up the ass until every single fraction of time like they're going to cover if, if disney gets their way to get more content because gotta keep pushing that content train we're going to get the entire run of what the hell happened to every single character and side character all the way from uh like Honda Baba and Dr. Cornelius Amazon are going to get their own show, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, like <laughs> and all the way from Return of the Jedi to Mandalorian, all the way up to the 30 years that passed until the I mean, trilogy. we have to talk about the, the most important thing. When is Gene's guy going to get his own show? Gene's <laughs> guy? <laughs> the uh, real well, star of that episode. Well, uh, we are going to get the first uh, series in the set in the High Republic era of the franchise acolyte yeah. yeah a new star wars series helmed by russian doll creator which i still watch that show it's on my list uh let i how do you pronounce it leslie leslie headland yeah. yeah all right um so that's interesting because isn't that supposed to be thousands of years even no no, no. it's not thousands it, um, that's old you're thinking old i Republic. actually even oh, okay. i even read something today that 
one of the high uh, one of the story one of the novels in High Republic takes place only fifty years before Phantom Menace. Yeah. So, so the High High Republic is an era of about five hundred to fifty or so years before uh, Phantom Menace happens. Sure. So. So it's going to be uh, Jedi cops. Yeah, pretty much. It's 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 the the time when the the Jedi are the most prolific throughout the universe. So, acolyte is a very specific term, right? And and in in the in the description they said that it's a dark force users, um, or dark mysterious tale. So, given the wording they're using and the term acolyte, which is, and I, I wrote this down. Um, the technical term for an acolyte is a person assisting the celebrant in a religious service or procession. Hmm. Um, so given the time period and the dark, I'm guessing the, with their wording, they're talking about Sith, yeah. uh, or at least dark force users. Well, um, Sith apprentices or early Sith apprentices, when they become, start to become Sith, uh, they are called acolytes. That's so, title. like a very focused look on just their. But this is still during the Rule of Two era, so there's only supposed to be two of them. Well, that's that just covers the 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 main universe type thing. There are still other Sith holdouts, Sith planets, Sith groups that. And as we don't... see in Rise of Skywalker, there's like literally, you know, a bajillion Sith. Yeah, you know, obsessives. Yeah, and that, um, that, that doesn't even count for that. That's just, of the wider galaxy, the ones that are in power, the, the rule of two applies, but for the planets and the... And the so the given the time group, period, it's entirely possible that we're looking at Darth Tenebris and... Uh, Plagueis. And Darth Plagueis. Yeah. We are so deep in the geek weeds right now. <laughs> it is entirely, entirely possible that that the acolytes, the the named acolytes, and they've said that it's a female-led show, or that it's going to be focusing on females. So, oh, are we going to see like the, the, the tragedy? Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. A Sith fair maiden, you say? Yeah. All right. I'm down. Cool. Um, Hayden Christensen. That's cool. All power to him. You know, I'm glad he gets to come back. Coming back as Vader. Although, how much does it matter if he's in the suit? Uh, you know, if they're bringing him back, I can't imagine that Vader is only going to be a cameo. Yeah, we've got to see. I would imagine it's going to be the Obi-Wan, uh, like, Vader show, pretty much. Yeah. Because, I mean... At this point, they could even give Vader his own show. I mean, if we, if we, as we can see from the comics, uh, some of the best stories from that period are about Vader himself. So if they're if they're doing a show set in that specific era, they can't just. And they're getting Hayden Christensen too. They they're gonna have to. I have imagine Doctor Affer show. Do a Doctor Affer show. There you uh, go. Yeah. I imagine though it'll probably be a cross between they they may have some of him in the present, you know, pulling his mask off behind the uh, behind the scenes behind closed doors, and he'll just have a bunch of yeah, agreed, yeah. makeup on, uh, and, and he'll look and he'll stuff. look like a like a 
toasted egg. Yeah, yeah, and also possibly a lot of flashbacks with you know Obi Wan kind of reflecting on you know when back when they were when they were bros. What I find interesting is there was back in the day when you know episode two and three happened, there was so much nerd hate for Hayden Christensen, like everybody fucking hated him, and now that he's announced to be in the new Obi Wan show, people are boasting about how excited they are to have him back and i'm well, like because I, I, I think at this point people don't blame him i yeah and that's yeah. The thing, they think yeah. people are more reflective now and saying like the movies were just bad in general it wasn't necessarily him as an actor making it bad yeah, he it did, was, he, everything about it was terrible he did the best he could yeah he did not write <laughs> it, or direct it, those it's, movies it's not yeah it's not hayden christensen's fault that george lucas surrounded himself with sycophants like not at all but i just remember vividly like how many people like just hated on him so much and then seeing the complete contrasting opposite of that now of everybody like jizzing themselves mm. for having him come back. You also have to remember, Meg, the, the, the age of the people that are what that watched it when it first came out were like five <laughs> five to nine year olds. They're full grown adults now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was literally I was 13 years old when that movie came out so yeah. oh my god we're old <laughs> yeah uh, uh we got uh, a droid story coming on disney plus i don't know if this Is will that be, a be a sequel to droids <laughs> yeah uh i don't know if this will be a small little one-off uh thing or a limited series but it'll feature a new hero alongside r2 and c3po all right or maybe it'll be uh maybe it'll, it'll be a canical reboot of the ewok saga <laughs> you mean the uh, the little spinoff Ewok movies? What was it? Yeah. Battle of Endor or uh, Battle? Yeah. Uh, oh shit! An Ewok adventure. Ewok, and... Ewok, the Ewok adventure, and there's another one. And... Something of Endor, or whatever. Anyway, man, it has been a long time since I saw those movies. Yeah. It wasn't Wilford Brimley in those? At least one of them. He was in one I of think them. So. One of them. Yeah. Okay. Here's something fun. Not confirmed, but I gotta imagine they can't do it without him. Uh, Lando, new event series for Disney Plus. Donald Glover's got to be back for that. He's got to be in it, right? Like, yeah, he is Lando now. Well, it's also um, they're filming they're filming season three and four of Atlanta back to back, but then it's coming to an end. Oh, okay. Um, Perfect timing. That's filming. That's filming right now. So uh, I can I can only imagine that the reason that uh, Atlanta is coming to an end is he's about to get his own star wars show so. well they did say it's an event show so it's likely oh, a limited okay. series yeah yeah likely a one and done type thing. and i am all down for these like one and done like event shows like yeah for sure i mean yeah, no look at look, out look what happened with watchmen you know they did one season and they won all the emmys in the world so it's another one i still have to fucking watch yeah it's great man list. it's great that's what i, I watch that too. or chernobyl yeah me either yeah um and last but not least, well, oh, this is just for the TV shows, uh, Star Wars Visions, an upcoming anime anthology series for the Star Wars universe. That's cool. That's just fun. give us, just, their own just find anime. that, just find the animator the that did that it. one YouTube, like, 10 oh, minute. Oh, the TIE Fighter short? Yes. Oh, just yes. find that animator and give him a fucking show. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Agreed. Oh, yes. Well, speaking of, uh, ties and x-wings oh man rogue motherfucking squadron yes helmed by yes. the woman's patty jenkins 
will be directing the next Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron, due out in December 2023. That is... I, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but uh, all the right Rogue behind... Squadron books. That yeah, right behind butter. Right behind the uh, I mean, Millennium Falcon so Bluetooth speakers. I know the that they've Squadron. said so. They sort of alluded to the fact that the Rogue Squadron movie is actually going to be post sequel trilogy, which. I don't know if, if I don't get Wedge motherfucking Antilles, I am going to lose my shit. Okay? Maybe I don't what? give a shit about Cornhorn. Wedge Antilles, please, God. And, and please, face, face God. and Garrick, and uh, please, God. Maybe we it's have good. to have we we have to have Wedge Antilles, Nub Nub Commander. Oh. So I've been he's he'll he'll be the lead. He'll be the he'll be the grizzled old X Wing fighter who's... So I've been playing squadrons. I've been playing squadrons in VR. Nice. Uh, I, I bought a new uh gaming slash um editing PC recently and it just happens to be powerful enough to max out all the settings on Squadrons VR. Um <laughs> weirdly enough. Uh and let me tell you that Playing, flying an A-Wing in VR is the platonic ideal for what VR was made to do. <laughs> it is the ultimate culmination of VR as a, f a function of reality <laughs> that you are able to fly an A-Wing and shoot down TIE fighter pilots as if you were there yourself. It's incredible. That's awesome. Uh, man, we we've been talking so long already, and we we. I, I think we're gonna touched Mandalorian. I know. I think we'll, let's just uh, fly past the rest of these little headlines from the the big, uh, all the Disney announcements. But uh, oh, one more in the Star Wars world: Taika's Star Wars movie coming, which was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what know. we do in the shadows is literally like one of the greatest films ever made. So oh sign God. me the fuck up. Yeah. I love the show as well. Have you been watching the the? I do, yeah. Season two was so much better than season one. Yeah, I fucking love it. Both Megan. It's and amazing. I. Like I still, I still think that what we do in the shadows might be like the best horror comedy ever made. Yeah. Not only that, but I feel like it's one of those few shows or stories, I guess, in general, where the show is like just as good as the movie. Like I enjoy yeah. them both so. Season two is definitely on the same level as the movie. I think season one had a, they, they had some kinks to work out, but season two yeah, is amazing. I, didn't care. I loved it all. <laughs> I loved it all, but I think they definitely honed it in there. The episode where he like becomes a bartender. Is oh, Jackie just, Daytona. It, oh my God. <laughs> Jackie Daytona is the fucking. Oh my God. I just wanted that. I want that to get its own spinoff. <laughs> okay. so, I have been playing Skyrim for the first time ever. And oh, congrats. Thank you. My character is named D. Daytona. <laughs> or J. Daytona. <laughs> hey, someday you guys should try Skyrim VR. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's a whole new animal. Yeah. Uh, Meg can't do anything first person. It makes her nauseous. Uh, oh. Unfortunate because there's a lot that she's missed out on. I, I tried forever to get her to play Bioshock, and she played a few minutes and was like, I can't hang with this. Have you tried uh, adjusting the, the FOV so it zooms out a little bit Field more? 
think so. I don't know. Some some games have an FOV slider where you can actually zoom it out a little bit more. So it's some it's of them do, take. yeah. But yeah, it's weird with with. Well, definitely person. slap two TVs on her face and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Although she did try, she did try a few minutes of the the Batman VR uh, at my friend's house, and mm -hmm. she's okay with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, to be real for here for a second about VR, like, uh, I am someone, I am a VR content creator and uh, enthusiast, and I still uh, get on the Hurlatron a couple times. Uh, <laughs> like, I still go get experiences that, like, I've been doing this for literally years now, and uh, I still feel like I'm going to puke about half the time. So, oh, it, it is, VR sickness is absolutely real, and what, um, it, what VR that? set do you use? Um, I use the Oculus Quest 2 just because uh, the virtual desktop is so good at this point that it actually is comparable to Oculus Link. Um, and uh, the, the headset situation is such that they keep getting better so quickly that I wanted something that was an investment that was not just a standalone headset. And um, the the ability to use the Quest 2 completely on its own has been a transformative experience. Um, like the Quest, I use it for working out. I play Beat Saber. I play uh, like fitness apps, and it as and it, it's the Quest 2 is just an amazing piece of hardware. I strongly endorse it. Okay, nice. Okay, um, there's a billion other announcements from uh, the whole Pixar line. There's oh my God. Uh, more uh, live action Disney stuff. The live action Disney stuff is even wacky. So, I mean, just taking everything. The one thing that I think we have to talk about, and I think I know you're where, I think you know where I'm going with this. Hmm. Brown coats. Okay, so I still don't know if that's. Well, it's not confirmed by any. It's app. not confirmed People by any measure. People are acting like it's confirmed, but there's a lot of talk going around everywhere saying that Disney is looking at a at developing a Firefly reboot. Now, there's some um, sticking points to it. They're saying uh, the sources are saying that which we have to we have to mention are do not have a good track record. This yeah. website does not have a good track record on. Uh, in terms of they've gotten a lot of stuff very wrong okay but they've all they've also got some stuff super on the nose at the same time so it's okay. they it's like 50 fit it's fucking flip a coin at this point yeah so this kind of this is gonna dovetail into actually um something i was gonna mention when we start talking about mando uh which i guess it's about high fucking time we talk about it but uh as far as as far as Firefly goes, this this news going around, this talk of uh, potential reboot being developed at Disney for Disney Plus, uh, they did say that uh, it's because it's going to be for Disney Plus, it's going to lean more in a family friendly direction. So you might not have the true Firefly universe as it was originally envisioned. You're not gonna get your space hookers, uh, you know, or you're gonna get more of a. Uh... And honestly, if if that if that's true. That is a monumental fuck up on Disney's part. Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep it going under the Disney flag, great. But I mean, to alter the 
I, I think rebooting Firefly as a family-friendly show is the worst idea possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it actively is, goes against the spirit of the original show. Like, yeah. like literally the entire reason it existed was yeah. this period of time when we didn't have a Star Wars that was good. Now, at the same time, I mean, when you look at stuff like current Star, like freaking Mandalorian, and when you look at uh, the entire Marvel universe, which is now under the Disney banner, technically, I mean, not technically, it, it is. Sure. Uh, you and, still and you know, can have a lot of intense, gritty stories and still have them be family friendly. That's true. Adventure banner, you know. That's true. I mean, and. And I'm not necessarily someone who's against reimagining things. I am fine with things like the the Kelvin verse from for Star Trek and uh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I, I'm I was to I'm totally okay with that. But this feels fundamentally different from those situations. Mm -hmm. This feels like Disney misunderstanding at the core of its identity what the original series was. Yeah. I mean, they could be announcing like, hey, we're going to do a new Alien series that's family friendly. <laughs> and that would be a colossal fuck up. And, <laughs> and it's on the same level. You know, uh, the idea of doing Firefly again, and, and we haven't even gotten into the fact that maybe a uh, like Confederates won and now uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder type of situation is a good thing to be revisiting in 2020 in terms <laughs> of the uh, larger political ramifications of something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. If that's even a good day, good thing at all, uh, we haven't even gotten into that. It, it just seems like uh, if, if this leaker, if, if they have accurate information, um, I think it would, best to stay dead yeah well let's focus on the here and now uh because in the last well the last time we recorded uh, uh getting off topic was actually two weeks ago so there have been two mandalorian episode the penultimate and the finale when you uh, put them together they're probably the second best star wars film of the last i'd say five years probably uh, what I was going to mention about uh, fire. It's funny that the Firefly news or rumors came up online because that previous episode with Bill Burr uh, with our space Bostonite getting his, <laughs> his time to shine, which was fucking wonderful. Um, I, I right after, right as the credits were rolling, both Meg and I had said to each other almost simultaneously, like that felt very much that felt the most Firefly that oh yeah that uh mando has has been i mean well that, and that's the thing is saying, it, like, it felt like the train job was, yeah well and that's the thing is that like john favreau is an incredible producer um because he's really really good at genre mashup yeah um and he's he's star wars exists at this point in a post firefly universe where we have learned what worked from other franchises and just been slapping them together. Yeah. And uh, while we were still watching the episode during the escape, when after, when they get up on the, uh, um, 
on the slave one and uh and bill burr's character again i'm forgetting it now but you know he takes the shot and everything and and the cycler rifle yeah and the oh uh, oh, and they're they're uh escaping no i'm sorry it was right when i felt it right when uh boba fett uh set off the uh Oh, seismic uh, charge! Plasmic seismic charge. charge. That yo, oh, that was amazing. Well, uh, and <laughs> say what you will about Attack of the Clones, but yeah, th- that was probably the, the best moment in that movie. Took down the Tie Fighters, and I was just thinking about the whole episode as a whole, culminating to those action-packed moments. And I was just out of nowhere. I was like, "Fuck, man! This is what Firefly could have been with a Star Wars budget." Like, yeah, god damn. Ugh. But well, I, I mean. <laughs> don't knock that early 2000s fox budget man like oh yeah yeah, yeah the movie was solid um but yeah uh yeah that speaking was... speaking of that episode uh did you guys notice richard brake played the played valen hess the imperial like uh, i'm guessing lieutenant or something i'm not familiar with him did you guys know who richard brake is uh-uh. he's in all the rob zombie movies and he also oh. played joe cool in batman begins <laughs> oh, wow wow uh, i'm sorry judge I, I i always i uh i regret what i done you know and then got a message from falcone you know <laughs> wow or falcone says hi yeah yeah he's anyways good. i noticed that yeah he's good i love that whole scene i was expecting that he knew who they were all along and or he knew who who um well, and that that whole inglorious bastards moment was was pretty great. I mean, it, that was very clearly a nod to um, uh, that scene in in inglorious bastards, and um, that the rest of that episode was, and that's I mean, and we haven't even gotten to like what makes Mandalorian so much better than any other Star Wars media that's come out in the last thirty five years, is that they 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 stole plot elements and cinematic language from uh the the wages of fear from um that that vietnam movie where they're transporting the the tnt through the jungle and they they can't shake it too much or else it's going to go off that's the entire plot of the episode and yeah. i can't even remember the fucking name of the movie um and and, and uh like uh you guys talked about the in the last episode uh, of of your podcast uh when um uh the entire episode is a visual throwback to yojimbo and uh kazuo uh, kazuo miyagawa's um cinematography who was kurosawa's cinematographer the entire episode was shot for shot practically a remake of of yojimbo yeah mm-hmm. um and, and it's also it's also one of the best that 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 just that 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 two or three minute scene is is one of the best visual representations of ptsd that's in like a sci-fi environment like you you see the the character's face as this guy is just spouting off for the empire propaganda bullshit and and that gives us a little that gives us a lot of political context that we've been missing in a lot of the rest of the franchise that like the 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 fallout the empire was as bad as the nazis like they were space nazis yeah. mm-hmm. they killed 
billions of people, possibly and, more, possibly trillions of people, so, galaxy wide. So if you don't actually know what that uh, the 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 event they were talking about, uh, Operation Operation Fire Cinder. Star. Sender, Operation Sender, is in the last Battlefront game that came out. Battlefront and if, too, you yeah. Play, yeah, if you play through the storyline, Emperor Palpatine, when he dies, he sends out a sort of another Order 66. Burn if it you to will. the ground, pretty much. Burn everything to the ground. Hmm. There, the fleet is recalling all all the assets it can it can pull out and go into the unknown regions to create the First Order, and then just. Everything else, civilians, planets, resources, all of it be damned, just blow it the fuck up. And I was really impressed by that scene because it takes something from a game that, you know, was fine. Um, (laughs) uh, But it took this moment, which seemed very, very, you know, you could have made an entire show about that one moment. Um, And it contextualized it for the viewer in in a character way i mean okay so i'll ha- i have to say i'm not a big fan of bill burr um he sort of annoys the shit out of me uh <laughs> i remember when he was on the Chappelle show and as like just the throwaway white guy uh but uh so when he when he came into star wars in the the first season i i was more excited about um about uh uh you can do it. I believe in you. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> the Twi'lek welcome, characters. Welcome the, to your mid-30s. Uh, the, not the Twi'lek, the, the, the tall guy. Oh. The, um, the actor that plays him. Um, he was in Lost in... Um, oh, God. <laughs> now I can't think of his fucking name. Character actor. He always plays... Clancy Brown. Clancy, yeah. Clancy Brown. I was more excited oh, about yeah. Clancy Brown than I was about Bill Burr. Oh, um, yeah. Anytime you see Mr. Krabs on screen. But that moment in that episode was so good with Bill Burr that I went from not giving a shit at all to being like, you know what? Bill Burr ain't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty all right. Yeah. Um, I Contextualize this for me, Byron. In that episode... We see one of the very, very, very rare instances of Mando. I know his name's Din Djarin, but we just call him fucking Mando. Take off his helmet. What's with the stash? Like, who is that for? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to have some things for yourself, you know? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> He's just secretly, when, when little Grogu is asleep, you know, in, in the back part of the Razor Crest, well, Razor Crest, rest in peace. Uh, he's just there taking off the helmet by himself and looking in a little mirror and just combing it gently. And... Also, I love that the, that the Razor Crest, he, it's explicitly stated that it's pre-Empire. Mm. And even the design of the ship is a visual uh, throwback to Padme's ship in Phantom Menace, which is yeah. also pre-Empire. Mm. I just, that's little things like that where uh, that they go out of their way to make any any everything on screen has to have at least some visual or or contextual motif calling back to something else but only if it serves the story if it serves the story they can get something out of it where the sequel trilogy really failed massively it was just fan service 
for no reason whatsoever. Let's put anything on screen, but Mandalorian really ekes as much story as they can out of it. Mm. And it's something like that that and in, in in that episode he says it's pre Empire. And so they 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 make use of it. Yeah. Well, whenever I saw the Razor Crest, I always immediately thought of Serenity though, because I feel like it looks so oh, yeah, much looks like Serenity. Practically <laughs> identical. Yeah. And, it, uh, and that was, uh, and we talked about this. On and that's the, probably not a mistake. That was probably intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on the previous episode. I don't know if you listened to, but I, we, I was so, that episode when. Michael uh, fucking Bean. <laughs> thank you. When, uh, when what? Grogu gets taken What's away. again? Michael fucking Bean. When Grogu. Fucking <laughs> shotgun. When Grogu gets taken away. It was bad call, Ripley, that, bad call. In that episode, and it's called the tragedy. The real tragedy for me was, was Michael Bean. Was the fucking ship being blown? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was his serenity, man. And that was serenity in every shape. Like it, they, you know, that thing was beaten up to shit, destroyed and stripped apart, and and put back together a zillion times, and then boom, it's a fucking crater. So one moment from, uh, you said it was his serenity, and uh, there's there's one moment from Firefly real quick that I've got to shout out to is it's the end of the pilot uh, and uh, somebody says to him like Mal we won and he said yeah we win and it just pans to him and he's just got this solemn face on him and then it cuts to black it's like oh damn so good yeah Uh, all right the finale uh Oof. holy fucking shit man <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there um and please uh, tell me you stayed stayed past the credits right oh absolutely fuck yeah, yeah. come on we okay. live in a okay. marvel universe you yeah. always stay past i mean uh i mean to I be fair though i the only reason i did because actually i usually don't watch all the way through the credits the only reason i did is because someone on the internet literally told me to watch <laughs> stay through the credits so i i um, did because there wasn't the so the, the concept art, credits yeah. usually has the, the concept arts and i love the concept art yeah the concept yeah. art is part of probably the best part of the show well, and, and music too so i just want it to like hold on to it as long as yeah Gorenson's score yeah speaking of that fucking theme that they've created for boba fett i love that music so much it just it it, it just works so well with the character and especially like, do we know okay. if it, it is that uh is that a is that a leap motif that they took from somewhere else in the franchise i don't know or is I, it unique did he I did he compose it uniquely I think it's a new one for Boba. They just decided we need a Boba Fett theme. We need something to present this guy when he shows up on screen. And it works so well, especially because now we, we talked a bit of shit like the rest of the internet has <laughs> about Tamora Morrison's older gentleman's size. But it- Hey, clones, clones age faster than the rest of humanity, okay? And, but, but not only that, not only that. A presence for him. Like when he comes and beats the shit out of everybody with a gaffy <laughs> stick and that theme comes in and it's like a deep, it's like a, it's like a double bass or like a cello. It's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like, all I hear in my head is like, oh shit, trouble's coming. Oh Lord, <laughs> he coming. <laughs> Todd, what were you going to say? But, but, but not only that, but I will maintain that his outfit in that, that first episode where he gets his, his armor back did him no favors. Oh, no favors you know, whatsoever. The black undersuit yeah. and the, the, the repaint of the armor. Yeah. Completely Which, different character. I, I'm not a fan of the repaint, personally. Uh, 
It uh, looks a little too polished for my taste. Yeah. It, it, it looks like a bad Warhammer figurine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme online earlier where uh, it was just a screenshot. Of, it was Ming-Na Wen. Uh, it's Fennec saying like uh like where are we going or like boba where are we going and he's like just got to make a pit stop and it's the the slave one flying down to the sherman <laughs> williams <laughs> sherman williams paint shop well i do like how they kept the dent in the in the helmet yeah they had to yeah, also what made that dent because <laughs> we know it wasn't a fucking lightsaber it was uh it was cad bane it, so that was supposed to be in the Clone Wars show. Did it get cut or something? Yeah, it got cut. So there was a bunch of Cad Bane and uh, Boba Fett episodes that were. I'm surprised we haven't seen Cad Bane actually. Yeah, me too. I would love for that character to come back somehow, but uh, yeah, he, Cad Bane gives him that dent. Yeah. Is is Boba Fett's armor made of the same? It's material? not. It's it's not 100 percent Beskar, right? It's it's Beskar. Oh, right. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. Okay. Because Luke, yeah, that's... Luke's like swiping at him. Oh, okay. Like, also, it would have been really, really awkward if Luke had shown up and Boba was with them. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Boba would be like, hey, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a bounty to collect on you. We got beef. <laughs> Beef, it's what's for dinner. Yep. Um, so yeah, in the No, that was Boba. <laughs> that was Boba. <laughs> oh yeah, and and uh Byron and I were, were chatting uh right after we both happened to finish the episode late last night. Uh and Byron messaged me, Hey, did you watch it? I was like, I literally just finished it. We're watching the credits now. And uh Byron pointed out as far okay, that scene is badass, retaking Jabba's palace just for himself, just to be his new digs. Um I think Byron said, does that throne just make you fat? (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who sets foot on that, Bib Fortuna, when he sat down (laughs) on that throne. Yeah, Bib Fat All of a sudden, yeah. Um, Also, did you guys notice the return of McClunky? McClunky? McClunky. McClunky. So I rewatched the the Boba post-credit scene earlier, like, literally right before we film this or, or before we record this. And um, so in the, when the Disney plus trans 4k transfers of the OT went up earlier uh, when Disney plus launched uh, in the Greedo shoots first scene, Greedo now says McClunky. Oh yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and uh Bib Fortuna says to the weak way, McClunky, which supposedly means you're about to die. And uh, Bib Fortuna says it right before that weak way gets shot by Fennec. And also somebody um, figured out that the first use of McClunky is used by Sebulba during the pod race. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I noticed that... uh, uh McClunky had returned. Alright. I uh I well God, where do we fucking start on this episode? Well we already started. Um the bulk of the episode, essentially the taking of the ship. Um I fucking love uh first uh, somebody pointed out earlier online. Well this feels like the 
the most natural girl squad power moment that <laughs> oh yeah seen. it definitely didn't feel as forced as the avengers endgame like yeah moments. let's go help this insanely invincible character for no reason except and, for- I, and i am i am absolutely someone who is like pro pro as much inclusivity as we can possibly get because it means more people that i know that are into the things that i like <laughs> uh but like when it's forced it just makes everyone feel stupid and yeah. everyone just everyone groans and everybody rolls their eyes and it's like please but not like this yeah it, it didn't even strike me until we were in the thick of it it's like that moment in the matrix when she's like please not like this <laughs> uh, i didn't even realize that that was Switch. coming until yeah yeah um until we were in the thick of like the taking of the ship and you had the four of them going down the hallway the two mandos and uh um Cara Dune and uh and and Fennec it was just like oh fuck this is awesome like they're just going through like just plowing through motherfuckers um fucking love go ahead Meg oh I wasn't saying anything oh well because I'm a woman I have to give my two cents (laughs) no you started to say something no I didn't oh no I thought that was Byron oh Uh, Byron so you know it, it uh, the cynical part of me thinks that like that moment was manufactured but if it was it was done tastefully enough that it doesn't really hurt the storytelling so it doesn't really matter no oh, yeah it's it um, fine to me i totally dug it um i think the moment one of the moments that really struck a chord with me uh which i was surprised was how well they did with the the dark troopers um First off, they they did explain away a bit of the lore. The I loved that. The, yeah. I loved that because so, and that's and that's something I love about uh, about Mando is that they're recanonizing things that have been lost. Yeah, there are many the faces legends. of dark troopers, and they eventually decided like, oh, the human element that was the only. Flaw and they acknowledged left. both different both of the the legends versions of the dark troopers without yeah. saying that only one of them existed. Yeah. Yeah. And once you see- Which is an insane attention to detail, you know? Like they took the time to make sure that they didn't deny the existence of one of the things. No, but they did it so effortlessly too. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so this is a thing, let's move on. You know, they didn't waste so much time trying to explain all this lore. They just mentioned it and then continued on with the story in such a- Which goes back to the the fan service as- as a function of the storytelling rather than fan service for fan service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the the moment that hit me uh, the most was once you see them in full force or even just the one facing off with Man- Mando going toe to toe with the one and just wiping the fucking floor with him. Well, it sets the stakes. It's it, it and yeah. John Favreau is such an incredible storyteller that he I mean, you know, it why why didn't why were the prequels so devoid of stakes? It's because they fought a thousand uh, battle droids and it didn't once matter. Yeah, and they were quipping at each other on the battlefield. Exactly, you know, Roger, so, Roger. Yeah, the um, the one dark trooper just smashing Mando into the fucking wall. You know he had to have a fucking concussion after and that. And tossing him around. <laughs> that was, It felt like to me like the dread of Kyle Reese facing off 
the Terminator. Against the original Terminator. The original yeah. Terminator. No, I got major. Like, it's just an I got major fucking... Terminator vibes from the Yeah, just an unstoppable wall of hydraulics that is going to crush you. And though even the way like they moved, it was it felt very real and grounded and like they had weight as opposed to like you said just a bunch of flimsy battle droids not just only the fact that they were the literally place. punching their way through two steel doors yeah it kind well, of and, and it kind we of... know that john favreau is really good at phot uh photographing um ro uh robotic transformations you know yeah <laughs> it uh it kind of reminded me of what uh guillermo de toro said uh about the first uh pacific rim you know the one that he was actually on the good one the good yeah. one yeah the good one yeah <laughs> um that there was everything was in the intention was to make these feel as real as possible i mean it's fucking kaiju movie but like these are well if you're gonna make a kaiju movie yeah you have are, to make them as real as yeah, possible these are robots as big as it's not robot jocks you know yeah these are robots as big as skyscrapers they're going to move like robots you're not going to have somebody flopping around with you know cg performance art or something it's just like they are buildings walking and that's what the dark troopers felt like there's weight to them they're real and they're gonna fuck you up <laughs> yeah uh, and then, of course, we got the massive reveal, which fucking internet you know, ruined for me. When I, when I went back and rewatched it earlier, it's a much larger percentage of the episode than I realized. Yeah. It's a good, uh, it's about a eight, seven or, it's about a six or seven minute long scene. And it takes up a, about 10% uh, of the actual runtime of the episode. Yeah. That I fucking is... loved that scene. It it gave me chills. It gave me goosebumps in all the right right places. Yeah, and even though it was great. even though the stupid Google feed news um, ruined oh. it for me, you know, yeah, me too. Flashed his face right there. Uh, I got to see in in real time Meg freak out, and that brought <laughs> the joy back to me because she we were we were sitting there. You know, I was quiet because I I, she, I told her that I was spoiled by a surprise that I didn't say what the hell. I watched it with my sister and I also told her that I was spoiled by Google yeah. News. And so once everything gets quiet and the lone X-Wing comes in and, and I think Meg said something like, kind of passively like, oh, how crazy would it be if it was like Luke or something? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the green, green saber, lightsaber and like, ignites. Oh, fuck like, yes. Holy shit, it's Luke. <laughs> it's happening. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, pretty much when when you when you saw the lone X-Wing fly up, that was the moment yeah. where I was like, okay, even though I know what's already coming, there's only one thing that a lone X-Wing other than <laughs> Kim from Kim's Convenience could could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. um, his X-wing was blue, not that's red. That's true. Yeah. And see, I think uh, for me, because I'm not as into everything as some other people are, like the lone X-wing didn't give me that aha moment like it did for you guys. Mm -hmm. It was the green lightsaber for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something. And something. Bill didn't even get it to the black. It was. Glove it, was the, it was the. It was the. It was the black glove for my sister. That's yeah. when she got it. My friend that's Rachel what, said she went through the entire thing up until the face reveal. She didn't know who it oh, was. Wow. That's when you, you get the slow stages. It's like that Vince McMahon meme. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Levels of excitement. Like the well, and then you've got the younger Star Wars fans who are like, who's Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And like you said, it was a very protracted scene. I mean, the, he showed up. It, it was it was it was clear. the Darth Vader Rogue One scene. That's yeah. what it was. Honestly, I think it was better than that. I mean, I, 
Luke is so foundational to what the franchise is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we have seen <laughs> so little of Luke um, post Return of the Jedi, not as old hermit Luke mm-hmm. in in canon and. And he had such a huge part in the legends that bringing him back was very much a a little bit of a cynical like political move on Disney's part. Um, I just I am... didn't think that they would bring such a big name like him back for you know a side story like Mandalorian. Honestly, you know, once like... they once they dropped the Thrawn thing i was like they're literally willing to do anything yeah, yeah. at this well, point maybe Ahsoka at, li- like at this point they could literally bring back uh harrison ford and i would not be surprised <laughs> <laughs> he's a force ghost just hanging around yeah um, he's just in the background waving yeah. <laughs> but, no but I- i'm serious about the the cynical political thing like i am someone who loved last jedi i think it's the best star wars film since empire um but did you guys know that a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi? <laughs> Wait, which number is that? I go by numbers. Eight. I, okay, I get confused with the name. Yeah, so it may be a surprise to you, but there are a lot of people who don't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> I've, I've had many different thoughts on it. I'm totally fine with it now. I enjoyed it. Um, but I can understand the arguments against it as well. Um, uh, it's they the the a lot of the reaction to Force Awakens was either oh my god that was great that was my Star Wars just how I've always liked it or fuck you guys you never come up with anything new and original and then it felt like the Last Jedi was an, ex- an immediate reaction to that fan reaction that okay we'll do something different and then the sides were like oh thank God you did something different and new and great this is wonderful and inclusive and, and fantastic and fresh. And the other half was like, fuck you, what did you do to my precious classic Star Wars? Yeah. Um, and I kind of sit in both camps. I mean, I, I am, a, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, Believe me, I, I understand why I, people didn't like The Last Jedi, but um I think my biggest, um, it, I, I appreciate it for what it is. My, my, the only thing that makes me a little sad is exactly what we were just talking about. We've been robbed by seeing any of uh, Luke in his post Return of the Jedi Prime. And to see him as just this crippled hermit who just fucking gave up on the world, it, that's, that was a bit disheartening. And I think that was very disheartening for a lot of people. And that's why they swear it off. And, and I get that. I totally understand that. Um, but the thing is, is that it doesn't mean that those stories, and that's why I really, really appreciate that th- we got this moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's the last time we're going to see Luke Skywalker in this era. Oh, not at all. Yeah. I mean, they... They need something for season three. Disney would be out of their goddamn minds if this was the last time that we saw Luke. Yeah, once once you drop Luke, you can't you can't put that back. Yeah, the there bag. is no back in the bottle with Luke Skywalker in this yeah. in this situation. Mind so, you, they set it up to in the way that they could, but but what I mean is that 
because we have this moment with Luke, we can also have the moment later where he's broken because we get both at this point. Like we know, and that's sort of what's distressing about Grogu going to off with yeah. Luke. Oh, yeah. There's only but, about 10 years between that scene that we just watched and what happens with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Uh, one of my writing buddies pointed that out to me earlier. He was only 10 old. years. Really? Yeah. This Kylo is about four at this point. Can, uh, canonically. So it's the the knights of ren happened when he was a teenager so oh really wow in his 20s or something wow okay but yeah uh writing buddy was uh laughing uh that apparently all the kylo ren fanboys are freaking out because uh now they're they're precious emo fans (laughs) (laughs) grogu is a is a knight of ren kylo ren well no that the fact that uh all of what if grogu was a knight of ren (laughs) <laughs> All of the fanboys that that to this day stand uh, Kylo Ren uh, now have to make peace with the fact that he is, is potentially the worst monster in the universe because he eventually kills Grogu. Now, hold on. Oh. Grogu survived murdering, mur- getting murdered with the younglings once. Yeah, now he's getting exactly. murdered with the teenagers. Now, mm. I explained that to my friend who just finished watching Mandalorian literally today. Mm. And she said that the comics actually said it wasn't Kylo who started the fire. It was Palpatine. I haven't read the comics, so I don't know which way that falls. But according to the movie, it was Kylo. I haven't read any of the, the posts, the the... the the sequel trilogy expanded universe Mm, neither have i so i wouldn't know so where does the show go from here um uh, a lot of people are wondering i mean that was a a very protracted and beautiful send-off for grogu but meg and i were talking after the episode and as the credits were rolling we're thinking well technically the show is the mandalorian it's about his story so if they wanted to do something bold they could have this be Grogu's exit, at least for now, and just carry on Mando's story. He's got he's to figure out what the hell's going to happen between him and Bo-Katan now that he's the rightful owner of the Darksaber, uh, and hopefully figure that shit out and help her retake Mandalore. Um, but at the same time, I think after two seasons of establishing it, like, his relationship with Grogu is the heart of the show. So it, I don't see them just tagging him out forever. I imagine he'll, Mando will probably be on his own for a while, deal with the Mandalore shit, and something will end up having them circle around back to each other. He's on retainer by Luke. He's the security force for the, the Jedi Academy now. <laughs> yeah. Watch, that's um, going to be like the next, like, Saturday morning cartoon show. It's going to be Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea, honestly. Mm-hmm. For like eight and nine-year-old kids to have a show like that. I mean, they got to get their Harry Potter money somehow. True. Yeah. Produced by Robot and... Chicken. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as it's not in the animation style for the that, that shitty show that they did. Uh, what the fuck was it called? Um, Rev... Uh, Oh, Resistance? Resistance. Star Wars uh, Resistance. Yeah. No, they got to do it like that classic Saturday morning cartoon style. Like um, like, like droids. It just looks like a, a like a late 80s, early 90s show. Like, yeah. So like, like Centurions? 
Yeah, or uh, nin- the original Ninja Turtles or the real Ghostbusters or any- anything from like late 80s to early 90s. Mm-hmm. This is 2D Darts. animation, not 3D. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than I mean, I mean, we're gonna watch the fuck out of season three. Uh, we're gonna see what's up well, with I, that book of Boba. Oh right, yeah. So the whole point of that uh, that uh, end credit scene, the book of Boba Fett, which seems like it will premiere uh, simultaneously at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I yeah, I read today that the that the shows are. It's supposed to come out around the same time. Yeah. Which is interesting. So there's there's contention whether or not it's Boba Fett the book of Boba Fett means season three or if it's a standalone show. There's still no hard I was reading that they way. are separate shows. I hope they so are... because I'd really I mean, to keep on with Mando's story. The Mandalorian yeah. could absolutely be an anthology show and we had and we haven't been privy to that knowledge and i would be totally okay with that hmm. i'd um, rather that not happen though hmm. ah, i don't know i i feel like the story of din dejarin is i don't know other than other than the you know him wielding the darksaber i feel like that's a pretty that's a bow sorry i mean that's pretty much lone wolf and cub hmm. uh to go back to the you know samurai illusions which is what i'm curious to yeah. see where they go with his story if they keep it to him yeah let's see well i mean i don't think they're going to sideline him and bo katan and all these uh mandalore that whole mandalorian story i don't think they would sideline that for a whole additional season um i mean whether that works into the book of boba fett show or season or whatever the hell that's going to be or uh if it's I think I, I got to imagine there's going to be a proper Mando season three alongside the Boba Fett show. And if they're they'll... doing it as Book of Mando is season three, then I say I, I see the the roles reversed. I see the Mando and his story becoming the secondary plot to Boba so do you Fett's think, story. Do you think the Book of so I uh, okay so the title the title probably has a lot of of weight. In terms of what we're, what, what I expect, is the book of Boba s- sort of implies that this is going to be a story of Boba Fett's life. Yeah, the legend of the Boba. the legend of Boba, like how he survived yeah. his life when he was, you know, yeah. uh, hanging out sitting with on that. He's gonna be with sitting Cat on... Bane, um, and uh, and uh, what's her name, the tall, slender lady. Um, Ara Singh. Ara Singh. Mm. Uh, and that would be cool. That would be really great. And maybe they could even get the original Boba actor in there. Daniel, um, what's his name? Um, I don't remember. Wait, didn't, they, didn't he die? Oh. The kid? No, not the kid. The I meant the, uh, the prequel. Oh. The prequel. Oh, the prequel okay. Boba. <laughs> no, yeah, not Jeremy Bullock, which, by the way, rest <laughs> Yeah, RIP. Yeah. Yesterday. the original Crazy. Boba Fett from the original trilogy um I met him once at comic-con years ago I got a nice signed uh still from Return of the Jedi he was a lovely dude um and he party hard that uh that comic-con weekend apparently <laughs> you know what else is crazy the Thrawn reveal was this season 
Jesus. Yeah. That feels like a year that ago. That was already. this <laughs> season. And and somehow the yeah. Thrawn reveal is not the most talked about thing yeah, that's in the show. A, that's a footnote. Uh, who? Oh, yeah. Me and Todd tried to figure this out last time and we couldn't, we couldn't nail it. If you could fan cast for Thrawn. Oh. What do you got? Yikes. Somebody told me Cumberbatch. No, uh, but I, I, uh, I can't. Uh, you, you have to think about like Strange. TV actors, most likely. Yeah. Um, I just don't like him. <laughs> you know, if the act uh, at this point, fan castings are they're so out of left field, it's pretty much useless. But I mean, like ninety percent of the time, they're Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about playing a Star Trek villain. Um, hey, he is a sexy man. Uh, and in an off and in an office villain as well. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. uh, you know, actually, who could play Thrawn? Um, like mind you, Rain is, Wilson. <laughs> this is just this is a this is absurdity too old. It's this is just a, if if I could name one person who I think could be good at it is uh, the actor who played Ducat on DS Nine. Okay. Hmm. I, I can get behind that. I mean, that dude is seriously old at this point, but um, yeah, he's, uh, he's good. He's got the, he's got the authority behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a good one that uh, popped up here. Jason Isaacs could come back. Talk about another Star Trek villain. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Jason Isaacs. Holy shit. That, I mean, that's like, that's amazing. He, he, he did. He did play the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, I'm, so his voice. Yeah. Would oh, he be did. Familiar. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I'm still hoping Lorca comes back. Personally, Prime Lorca. Um, oh, don't, no spoilers, please. I'm I'm still in the uh, uh, season one. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, I guess that's all I can really say about Mando. The, the last bit of, <clears throat> excuse me, news at all that I had to mention, maybe we should have brought this up earlier, but, um, the, uh, the ongoing saga of cyberpunk. <laughs> oh man. Yikes. I'm playing it right now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a video game. Quote, unquote, playing <laughs> through all of the glitches. I mean, are you playing I, on PC? I'm playing or on playing PC. Okay, good. I, I have a 3070 and, uh, and uh, an AMD 3700X. So I, I'm, my computer is in totally capable no of playing it. <laughs> but no webcam. <laughs> no webcam. Um, uh, it's just a video game. It's, it's a good video game, but... Yeah. I mean, it is, it is one of the most significant, like, it is probably the most hyped video game over, over, it's probably the most overhyped video game I've ever experienced in terms of, uh, what CD Projekt Red was claiming it could be versus what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Uh, do y'all ever play Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? No, I tried to, but I couldn't because I had so many crashed desktops in the first hour that I. Well, I that's what up. the that's what the unofficial patch is for, um, <laughs> which ships with the GOG version of the game, by the way, at this point. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's just that, but bigger. 
<laughs> it's just that. It's the same scope. It's got the same amount of like uh, immersion. In fact, I would say that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which came out in 2004, is more immersive than Cyberpunk 2077. Wow. It's still good. It's just it's just a video game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's With definitely not uh, it's definitely not like Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption level of quality. There are not emergent systems that are going to, uh, you know, pull you into the next level of hyper real immersion. It's just a video game with fucking side missions. Yeah. It's it's GTA light basically. Yeah. All right. So it's I Saints Row with uh with some late '80s aesthetics slapped on top of it. So I shouldn't be dropping my Skyrim right now to go out and buy it. Yeah. Nah, especially not on your PS4. Especially not on consoles. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the most uh, entertaining headline I saw about it was the fact that uh, there is a dick glitch, apparently. Or and there, a boob glitch. Where your, your peen sticks out of your pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like a sex offender. Just, just Well, it also just, like flops around. For a game for a game that claims to be as progressive as it is, the fact that the character creator doesn't allow for non-binary characters to be mm-hmm. created is absolutely fucking unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can. You can you can create a a female care a female presenting character that has a dick with a male voice. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, your genitalia is locked to your voice. No, it's not. When I created the character, it let you choose. You can have male genitalia on a female female body with a female voice or a male voice. Hmm. Okay, I'll t- I'll take your word for it, but. i'm not sure what they need to do is have like a crash test dummy like no genitalia whatsoever well you can you can can just have you can just have underwear okay (laughs) you can just have underwear that is you know there's There's no ken doll option yeah there is there is the ken doll option okay but also but also there are no trans characters in the game so like they're 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 putting they're putting trans characters on display but they're not representing them in any meaningful way whatsoever. I heard which, something about that. There was some controversy which, because there was a trans character in the advertising. Which is just, and I know it's a well, Polish studio was, and the the polls are less, you know, progressive in specific ways than American, or at least North Americans are. Um, but it just seems really short-sighted especially since the game or cyberpunk itself, the, the tabletop game was created by an American. Mm-hmm. So, did you, did you uh, catch the little first look trailer at mass effect? Well, technically it's mass effect five cause there was Andromeda, but this is billed as like mass effect four continuing the original trilogy. Isn't it just um, called mass effect now? Yeah, well, there. I don't know if there's an official title yet. It's just a. It was a brief uh, glimpse. Well, it's gonna be five years until we get the game, anyways. Yeah, um, as long as we've seen uh, Dragon. Uh, Age. I did. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm I'm actually very excited for the legendary edition. It's been a long time since I re replayed those games. Yeah, that might. That's not true. I replayed the first one like six months ago, but uh, the <laughs> second or third one, it's been a long time since I replayed them. Um, yeah, legendary edition might make me uh, pull the trigger on a new gaming rig. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited for it. I'm uh, maybe this I'm a minority, but I didn't mind Andromeda either. <laughs> I, I thought Andromeda was fine. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the only the, the only problem it really had was uh, a, a game like that in 2018? 17? 17? A game like that in 2017 should not have had as poor uh, facial um, animations as it did. Oh, yeah, those were big. Especially dude. after The Witcher, you know, pretty much blew it out of the water. Hmm. Um but the story was. I remember the memes that came out of that were just glorious. Just yeah, there it was. It was absurd that a game like that shipped in that in that state, especially from EA. Good God. Um, <laughs> well, as far but, as I mean, uh, Bioware is a is a uh, you know a, a hollow shell of what it used to be. It's not the same. There's literally Drew, no. Drew Kripirshen is gone, and and pretty much anybody who made this studio what it was is long since gone well there were headlines in the last couple days that a lot of the original mass effect trilogy crew is coming back for the new yeah game. but how many how many of those people versus how big the team are like yeah the team has the team making one of those games is two uh, two thousand people and they get what five people from a previous team back it's it's just because those other people quit and they they're like oh shit we have to do something so ea is a billion dollar corporation so they can throw money at any problem doesn't mean it's going to be good yeah we'll see uh i'm sure i'll throw my money at it because it has the name mass effect yeah <laughs> just like, and like anything dragon age i'm gonna throw my money at the monitor you know you know what really whatever happened to the legendary produced mass effect movie yeah that uh remember that from like 2012 uh -huh. 2013 that went, the, that went the way of the warcraft movie that, well the warcraft like, movie actually released yeah but it had like 10 years of development and it went through like five different directors yeah, yeah, and then they got Dave, David Bowie's son to direct it. <laughs> yeah, that Warcraft movie, it uh, unfortunately, it released. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and but it did like a billion dollars in China. The saddest part is there's still talk of a sequel in pre-production. Because it, because it made a billion dollars in China. Yeah, true. And that's why they made Pacific Rim, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well... We're uh, I think we're nearing two and a half hours here. We're uh, we're, we're generally we're generally long-winded, but I don't want to become like Joe Rogan long-winded. So <laughs> we should, uh, Ugh, should put a cap on. Don't this. say his name here. <laughs> uh, oh man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining, Byron. It was a pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Oh yeah, we should do this more often. We can talk for uh, fucking ever just about anything under the geek universe. But uh. Yeah. yeah, I'm uh, pretty well versed. Yeah, thanks. We'll have to figure out something else to fill our time now that uh, we're going to be waiting a year for Mando. Uh, well, we're going to have plenty of Marvel stuff. 
plenty of Marvel. Uh, coming oh, yeah. We're going to have a fuck ton of Marvel stuff. And, you know, all those DC movies that are going straight to HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything, everything, uh, you know, early response from Wonder Woman is fantastic. So I, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. So Byron, you mentioned earlier, you're a content creator, anything you want to plug? Oh yeah. Um, I have, uh, a VR channel called Backstage VR. I do uh, live VR concerts and I also have a, um, sort of gaming VR channel more towards VR gaming and that type of thing. Uh, it's called the virtual boy, the underscore virtual boy. Find me on Insta or YouTube. The virtual yep. boy. Yep. Sweet. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is the way. This is Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Stay frosty, guys. <laughs> <laughs>